We are now going to get into our message this morning, so prepare your hearts to your work in God. It is a blessing to be here. Uh, you know, I, was, I tell my wife all the time, I don't know what it is about Restoration Church. I don't know if it's because I attended here. I love it here. Uh, but I get so nervous when I get asked to speak to you guys. I don't know, like, it's, it's only like my second time, but both times I'm like shaking. I'm like, oh, so nervous. And I, I like, I've spoken in front of hundreds of teenagers. And, and if you know teenagers, they're the worst, right? Like, like they will absolutely judge you. And, uh, but for some reason, I'm just so nervous in front of you guys. I don't know what it is. I think, uh, I think it's just like, you know, you want your family to be proud of you type thing. And uh, I just, I love coming here. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we miss you guys. Uh, we moved from Dover back in uh, October of, uh, what, 2020? Yeah. It feels like it's been five years. Uh, it's only been like, like six months, but... Uh, we, we moved uh, back in October and uh, we miss you guys every week. We, there's, there's quite a few Sundays where we'll wake up and we'll just say, you know what, let's just go to Restoration this morning. And we don't drive down here, we just go online and uh, just because we, we miss you guys, we miss the worship, we miss hearing Pastor Nate preach. And so thank you for uh, having us here this morning. I hope that I uh, can, can uh, help along this, this journey that you've been on for the past couple of weeks. If this is your first Sunday here this morning, uh, Restoration has been in a series on mercy. Uh, Pastor Nate spoke out of Romans 9 two weeks ago. Last week, Pastor Jeremy spoke out of Romans 10. And this morning, if you wanna go ahead and open up your Bibles, I'll be in Romans 11, verses 13 through 24. Uh, or you can tap open to it, uh, what, what, whatever you need to do. It's Romans 11, 23 through 24. Um, but before we get into it, has anyone ever uh, heard the saying, like, you, you just can't get out of your own way? Where, like, you just, like, everything you're doing, it's just, you're just making mistake after mistake after mistake. And if you could just get out of your own way, things would be much easier. Uh, well, that's kind of what I want to talk about this morning, is getting out of our, our own way. Uh, and... As I mentioned, we moved, my wife and I moved uh, from Dover back in October. We bought a house, uh, it's our first house. Uh, we bought it in 2020, but luckily we bought it at the beginning of the, the crazy market. Uh, so we didn't have to promise our firstborn. Uh, we just had to promise naming rights for that child. Uh, but we got a house and that's all that matters. Um, and so we, uh, we, we bought our first home and if you're in here and you, you own a home, uh, maybe if you don't own a home, if you've owned a home in the past, you can probably relate when I say this, but owning a home is the worst. 
Um, like, like that's what they, they teach you in high school. Like that is like the epitome of being an adult. Like you want to grow up and you want to, you want to make enough money and you want to own your home. Like once you own a home, you've arrived and don't own a home. Don't do it. Don't, if you're renting, keep renting. Uh, like don't own a home. I've, I've learned, uh, owning a home means it's your responsibility. You break something, guess what? You got to fix it. Uh, if, if you have a leaky faucet, like right now, as I'm speaking to you, the faucet in my bathroom just started about a week ago. It won't shut off and I don't know how to shut it off. And so I'm just, money is just going down the drain and, but I don't know what to do. Uh, and it's just part of owning a home. I, I think that's what they need to teach you in high school is how to own a home. You know, there's so many things we don't learn in school. Like, I wish they taught me how to do my taxes. I wish they taught me how to do an oil change, how to own a home. Uh, but no, all they taught me was that A squared plus B squared equals C squared. And I don't use that. Um, and so we, we bought our, our, our first home. And it was back in October. And uh, we, we were super excited about it. We, we walked through and and we knew when we bought it that there was gonna be some things that we needed to change and some things that just didn't fit our style. But I knew I was in for just a, a world of, of projects when my wife walks in and she's like, yeah, I hate everything. I wanna change everything. Everything's gonna be changed. And so, so I, I, I took a month off of work uh, to, to really make it perfect for my wife. And uh, the first thing we did was the trim. Uh, if, if you know, the... the in, in a house, there's usually trim around the, the walls, around the doors, and, and in this house, there was a, a real nice, natural wood trim, right? It was beautiful. It, it was wooden. It was natural, but she hated it, so we had to paint it, so I go to paint this, this, this wood trim, and uh, it was first time owning a home, first time really doing a, a lot of painting, and I just start painting the trim. She wants it white, so I paint it white. I do our entire bedroom. I've taped it all off, I've, I've done all the proper work, I put drop cloths down and I painted the entire trim. And then I did another coat. And it's still like, you could still see the wood. So I was like, well, I'll do another coat. Three coats of, of white paint. Then, and if, if you followed me on Instagram, you know where I'm going with this. I go to take off the tape. And as I pull back the tape, the paint comes with it. No one told me you're supposed to sand the wood before you paint. They don't teach you this. I didn't know this. So I called my dad and I'm like, dad, what is going on? I don't know why this is like, why this is happening. He's like, did you sand it? I was like, no, I didn't sand it. He's like, where are you supposed to sand it? I was like, no one told me to sand it. He's like, well, sand it, put a primer on it, do it correctly. So I sand it, but I didn't really want to put the primer on it. So I was like, I'll skip the primer part. Uh, I just, you know, it'd just be easier. So I sanded it, put some paint on it, pulled the tape and the paint came off. Dad, the paint still came off. Did you put primer? No, I didn't put, you gotta put primer on it. And it was just like, I just couldn't figure it out. And what, what should have been like a one day project of doing the trim took me almost two weeks uh, because I did it wrong the first time and I did it wrong the second time and I just, I couldn't get out my own way. And it's like, I, I told my wife, we should have just hired someone because by the time I got all said and done, I probably paid twice as much for paint than I would have paid someone to paint paint our house. But this morning, I, want, I, I don't want to talk about painting your house. Um, if, if you need lessons, we'll talk after church, but uh, that's not what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about uh, just 
God's mercy and, and how sometimes in, in life we have to get out of our own way and allow God's mercy to, to, to be a part of our lives. And so, in the, as I said, in the past couple of weeks, we've been throughout chapters 9, 10, and 11 of Romans. And you've seen as Paul uses the, the Jews to speak to the Gentiles and he uses the Gentiles to speak to the Jews and, and both parties are, are they, they think they've got it figured out. The Jews think they know what's up and the Gentiles think they know what's up and, and, and both parties are like, yeah, we, we, we've got this, we've got it under control. And in reality, neither has the whole picture and both are doing things that the others can learn from. And that's where we find ourselves in Romans 11. Uh, Paul is speaking to the Gentiles in reference to the Jews. And so we pick up in verse 13 of chapter 11 and it says this, it says, I am saying all this, especially for you Gentiles. God has appointed me as the apostle to the Gentiles. I stress this, for I want somehow to make the people of Israel jealous of what you Gentiles have, so I might save some of them. For since their rejection meant that God offered salvation to the rest of the world, their acceptance will be even more wonderful. It will be life for those who were dead. And since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy, just as the entire batch of dough is holy, because the portion given as an offering is holy. For if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be too. Notice in verse 13, it says, it says, especially for you Gentiles. Is anyone in here Jewish? No, didn't think so. So this is especially for us. We are, we are considered Gentiles. This is especially for you. Paul specifies it's especially for you Gentiles. He wants us to understand that this gift of mercy that we've been given is, is something to be cherished, something to be honored, and something to, to, to not flaunt about, but to, to help lead others to Christ. And, and he uses the Jews as an example because it was the rejection of Christ as the Messiah from the Jews. The Jews rejected Christ as the Messiah. He, he, he didn't look like they expected him to look. He didn't act like they, he, they expected him to act. And so they rejected him as Messiah, which ultimately led to his crucifixion, which through his death is what brought salvation to us as Gentiles, to us as man. We were, we were separated from God and it was through the rejection of Christ by the Jews that brought salvation to us. And so Paul's saying if, 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 their, if their rejection can cause our salvation, imagine what their salvation will bring about. And, and I love what he says. He, he, he says it will, it, will, uh, it will be life for those who were dead. And, and when I read those words, I immediately think of uh, back in the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel, uh, if, you've, if you've ever read the, the dry bones prophecy where, where God uh, shows a vision to Ezekiel of dry bones rising up to be an army. And, and, and that's what I envision is, is, is Paul saying, look, like if, if their rejection meant salvation for you, imagine what their salvation would mean for everyone. There'd be dry bones rising up as an army of God. And so, so Paul is painting this picture for us to understand that this gift of mercy that we've been given is not something to take lightly. It's not something that, that, that we should take for granted. 
And he goes on and he talks about how because of Abraham and because of how holy Abraham was, so are they holy. Because if the roots of a tree are holy, the branches are holy as well. And that's where we kind of pick up in, in verse 17, where he says, but some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel have been broken off. And you Gentiles who were branches from a wild olive tree have been grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. So we see what happens when a branch is no longer holy. When people reject God, they're broken off of the tree. He, he, he paints that picture for us. They're, they're, they're no longer part of the tree of Abraham. They're no longer a part of Abraham's blessings, a part of the tree of life. And then in contrast, he goes on and, and, and we see that those who were already not a part of the tree, those who were already separated from God, because of the rejection, because limbs were broken off, we were then able to be grafted into the tree. We were then able to be accepted into the family of Christ, into the family of Abraham, into this, this tree of blessings, into this tree of life, because our tree was a tree of death. We were born into death, born into sin, and our tree was a, was a tree of death, and, and, and God took our branches and grafted it into the tree of life. And I, as, as many of you know, to, today's Father's Day, and, and can we just Real quick, um, at, at all locations, can we just congratulate two fathers this weekend that had two amazing babies, uh, Andrew Zemianek and Jordan Cummings? Can we just congratulate them? I mean, congratulate the mothers too, because they did all the work, but the, the, it's Father's Day, so uh, especially for Andrew, it's his first Father's Day, and so congratulations, guys, both beautiful babies. Um, and so as, as many of you know, today is Father's Day, um, and with that comes, comes a, a wide variety of emotions. For me, I have a very strange family, uh, which I'm sure we can all say. Um, but my parents never got married, and so they split off before I was really like one year old. And my mom had met my stepfather at the time, and, uh, and he became like a dad to me. And so I grew up with two dads and two moms, and, and that was just how I grew up. I didn't know that people only had one dad or, or one mom. I thought it was normal to have both. Um, but my stepfather, he, he really just brought me into his family. He didn't have to. I, I didn't have to be, be, be brought in as, as a son to him. He could have just treated me as, well, that's my wife's son or that's my girlfriend's son. Like, you know, he is what he is, but he's not mine. That's someone else's, but he didn't. He treated me as one of his own. And he raised me as one of his own. He directed me as one of his own. And, and, I'm, I'm, I, and I know how much of a blessing that is. And I, and, and I, I, I thank my fathers every day uh, for, for accepting me as, as their sons and, and accepting me into their family. And, and I know for, for others in this room, it's almost the opposite. For, for me, Father's Day brings great emotions of, of joy and, and, and honor. But for others, Father's Day can bring emotions of sadness and loneliness. You've lost a father. You no longer have a father. You, you never had a father growing up. And so when Father's Day comes around, you, you can't celebrate. And, it, and it's hard and it's not fair. And it's frustrating to, to see people celebrate. And, 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 I, and I get that and I understand that. 
And here's the thing about this verse that I wanna point out is that what, what, what Paul is painting here is that, yeah, we, you may not have an earthly father. You may not have an earthly family to be a part of, to celebrate with, to, to, to enjoy this time with, but God, our heavenly father, he came down and he grafted you to be part of his family. That even, even though here on earth, we may, we may find sorrow, we may find pain, but he's given us a family of blessings, a family of joy. And so I, my heart goes out to you this morning. If you're here and, and Father's Day is hard for you, know that, that if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you have a Father that loves you, that cares for you, that cherishes who you are, and that you're part of a, a greater family than any family you'd ever have on this earth. And so as we look at the mercy that we receive from God, we, we, we see that this is one of the greatest gifts that anyone could ever want. And when I, I love the way that Pastor Nate illustrates the difference between mercy and grace. Uh, I grew up and I just thought grace and mercy were kind of the same thing. You know, you, you can't have grace without mercy and you can't have mercy without grace and it is what it is. But a couple years, Pastor Nate blew my world when he said, look, grace is getting what you don't deserve and mercy is not getting what you do deserve. And the mercy of God is, is, is something that each and every one of us should, should strive for, should want in our lives. Because what God is saying is, look, you, you deserve to be separated from me. The moment that Adam and Eve ate of the apple, they separated themselves from God. And God could have just turned his back on humanity for all time. But he didn't. He had a plan. And he said, yes, you're separated from me, but I want you back. I don't want you to live a life of death. I want you to live an eternal life. And so this gift of mercy that we talk about is a gift that everyone should want and everyone should strive for. But Paul warns us in chapter, in, uh, chapter 11, verse 18, about how we should treat this gift that many of us in this room have been given. And verse 18 says, but you must not brag about being grafted in to replace the branches that were broken off. You were just a branch, not the root. Well, you may say those branches were broken off to make room for me. Yes, but remember that those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. And you were there because you do believe. So don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. For if God did not spare the original branches, he won't spare you either. You must not brag. We've been given the, the, the greatest gift, but that does not make us greater. We have to understand that, that we've been given the greatest gift, but that does not make us greater than anyone else on this earth. You know, I've, I've, I've witnessed it. I've been in church pretty much my whole life uh, since the age of seven. And I've, I've, seen, I've seen a variety of Christians and, and the way some Christians act and the way others act. And, and I've been able to, to learn and gleam and be like, okay, I can see, I can see the, the fruit of the spirit in this one. I don't see any in this one. That one's not evident. And so I, I've learned through scripture and just through through observation of, of how we as Christians should walk this earth. And, and the way that I know that we're not supposed to walk this earth is like we're all high and mighty because we've accepted Christ. 
You know, I, I've, I've seen Christians walk through places and just be like, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. I know better than you. The, and don't get me started on, on, on when, when people celebrate the demise of others. You know, like, 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 like in this scripture, he says, um, you know, you may say that those branches were broken off to make room for me. You know, don't, don't, don't celebrate in the demise of, of someone that's lost from God. We mourn the demise of someone that's lost from God because they never got to hear the truth. You know, I, I messaged uh, Pastor Jeremy this week when I found out what, what passage I'd be on. And I, I was jealous because he got to speak on one of my favorite passages in, in Romans 10 about um, how will they hear if, if, if no one tells them. And uh, we, we, we mourn those that never get to hear. We, we don't celebrate. You know, when, when, when they go through hardships, we don't say, well, that's what you get. We don't, we don't celebrate when, when death comes upon them. We mourn them because they never got to hear the, the truth and the mercy of God. And so we, 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 we need to take the gift of mercy that we've been given. We cherish it, but we don't hoard on to it. We, we, we don't lord it over others, but we share it. Because just like Pastor Jeremy talked last week, God has given us this gift of mercy, not, not to keep for ourselves, but to share with others. Sorry, I should have my phone on mute. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we, we have to remember that the Israelites were once God's chosen people. They were, they were the, the, the closest to God. They, they were the, the people that God said, I will abide within you. But they rejected God. And it was through their rejection that we have found our salvation. And if, if the people of God can reject God, we have to remember that it's just as easy for them to do it. It's just as easy for us to do it. And just because we've been given this gift of mercy, it's not just something we, we say once and then move on. Because Romans 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 23 says, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Everyone has sinned. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. Each and every one of us in this room needs God's mercy. Each and every person outside of this building needs God's mercy. We have all fallen short. We can't pretend that because we've accepted God's salvation that, that it magically makes us not need it. We need it every day that we're alive. We need God's mercy and his salvation every single waking moment of our lives. We can't pretend that once we accept him, we're good. Because here's the, 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 the greatest thing about this is, yes, we've all fallen short. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've, we've all sinned, but we've all been shown mercy. Each and every, and, and maybe you're in this room and you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. My prayer is that by the end of today, you will. But maybe you won't, but here's the thing. It's, we've all sinned, but we've all been shown mercy. But we have to choose to accept it. Because Paul continues as we finish in verses 22 through 24. He says this in chapter 11. He says, notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe toward those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. 
And if the people of Israel turn from their unbelief, they will be grafted in again. For God has the power to graft them back into the tree. You, by nature, were a branch cut from a wild olive tree. So if God was willing to do something contrary to nature by grafting you into his cultivated tree, he will be far more eager to graft the original branches back into the tree where they belong. I love how that, that verse 22 starts. God is both kind and severe. I remember in, uh, in Bible college, I didn't go to Bible college. I just say that so people think I'm smart. Um, <laughs> It, it, it was more, it was more like, of a, like an internship. Um, but, but during that, I, uh, I remember learning that God is 100% love and he's 100% wrath. You know, um, growing up in the, in the deep south, you've got some pastors, they just focus on that 100% wrath. They're like, you will go to hell. And it's like, okay, all right. I'll, yes, I accept God as my savior. Uh, I remember being a kid, and I accepted God because I was just like, I don't want to go to hell. Like, I don't know anything else. Just don't send me there. Um, and then on the flip side, though, you have some pastors that focus on the 100% love. You know, God just loves you. He just cares for you. He just cherishes you. There, there's no consequences to any of your actions because God loves you. And that's just, it's just not true. I'm, I'm here to tell you this morning that it's not true. God is 100% kind. He's 100% love, but he's 100% severe and he's 100% wrath. Because he, he knows the, the, the times it needs to be done. If, if we reject God, just like, just like we see, for those who reject God and turn their backs on him, they will be cut off from his tree, they will be broken off, and they will face his judgment. That is just the reality. But if we accept his mercy, if we accept his love, if we, if, if we accept his salvation, mercy is given to us, and that is kind. And I, as, as, as the verse continues, you, you, you see where it says, you by nature, we by nature are sinful creatures. We by nature were, are, were, were born into sin, automatically separated from God. And God works a, a, a miracle in our lives by being able to graft us into the tree of life. You probably hear me talking about grafting and, and maybe you're in here and, and you 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 know what grafting is. I didn't, I had to look it up and I still don't know what it is. Um, but it's something to do with a tree and you tape it to another tree and you tie a string around it and the tree grows. Um, I, I'd still, I'd love to see this happen in real life. So if you're grafting a tree, take a photo and show me. But it is really cool because the, the, the point of grafting is you take a tree that has a, has a poor root system uh, the roots aren't strong. They're not healthy. Maybe the roots are diseased, but the branches still have some life in them. So you, so, so you take the branches of one tree and you bring it to a, a tree that has a strong root system. And you, you, you separate some of that tree and you make room for the new branch. And you, uh, I saw someone glue it. I saw red tape. I saw electrical tape. I saw rope. You, you somehow affix the branch to the tree. And that's the part I get lost in. So if you have that answer... You know, you can come talk to me afterwards. But, um, and then that tree with the strong roots will eventually grow into the, the, the tree that had the unhealthy roots and then will be able to then have a healthy root system. And that's what this whole passage is all about for us is we, God wants us to have a healthy root system. 
Because if the roots are holy, the branches are holy. Do you have a, a healthy root system? Are, are, are you grafted into the tree of life? Because, because by nature, as this scripture says, we are not. We are part of the wild olive tree. We are separated from God. We have a, uh, a diseased root system that will ultimately lead to our deaths. But God has mercy on us and he's willing to graft us into the tree of life, into the, the tree of Abraham, into the family of blessings that, that, that we learn about through the Old Testament. And so what does this mean for, for you today, now, at this moment? What does, what does God's mercy mean for you? Maybe you're in here and, and, and you've accepted Christ as your savior at a young age or, or some point in your life. What does this mean for you? We can't keep taking God's mercy for granted. And I think sometimes we can be guilty of that because we just get in the motions of church. You know, it's Sunday morning, I go to church. I gotta, I, I, I gotta, I gotta worship, I gotta listen, I gotta leave. You know, and we, we just get in this, this motions and, and we forget where we come from. Even if you're raised in church, even if, if, if you've lived your entire life in church, there are moments in your life, and, and I know this to be true because I was raised in church, but there are moments in my life where I know I was far from God. But God still met me where I was. And God still shown mercy on me. And so if you've accepted Christ in this room, we have to understand that, that what we've been shown, this mercy that we've been given, is something to be cherished and not something to take for granted. Because just as easy as it is for us to, to be accepted by God, we can be rejected by God. And so as we close this morning, there's, there's three things I kind of want to end with. And you say, now you want to give us a list? I promise you it'll be quick. Um, there's, there's, there's three things that, that, that I want to end with. The first is don't skip the hard parts. Going back to the story at the beginning, you know, with, with, with the trim, I wanted to skip the hard parts. I didn't want to sand. I didn't want to prime. I just wanted to paint it and get it over with. And sometimes I've, I feel like that's how we view our salvation. I just want to accept Christ and I, I've, I've punched my ticket to heaven. I'm good to go. That's it. But that's not it. We can't skip the hard parts because if we skip the hard parts, we don't really get the uh, result that we're looking for. Because with salvation comes repentance. God gives you mercy. He saves you from a life of death and he gives you life. But that does not mean you get to continue living your life the same way. You can't skip that hard part. And that's one of the hardest parts of salvation is turning away from the things that you want. There, there are things in this world that you want. There are things in this world that I want, but God does not want those for us. And maybe it's, it's turning away from a family member. Maybe it's turning away from a friend, getting them out of your life, sacrificing things that, that, that you want, that you need, or you think you need. And when, when in reality, you don't. And we can't skip that hard part because that hard part is critical to our salvation. Because if, if, if we say, yes, God, I accept you. And when we keep living our life the same way, we're, we're, we're still separated from God. 
That's, that's like saying, yes, God, I, I, I want to be part of your root system, but I really like this dead tree over here, and I kind of really want to be a part of it. You know, it'll probably catch on fire soon. I think that'll be really cool, and I want to see it. And God's like, okay, you can do that, but you will die. Once we make the decision to follow Christ, to be a part of his family, that means we are now grafted in, and we have to follow according to what he asks. Don't skip the hard parts. Don't stop believing. You know, just like the journey song says. I was gonna sing it, but I'm not going to. Uh, don't stop believing. You know, Romans eleven twenty says, but remember that those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. And you were there because you do believe. So don't think so highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. Faith is ongoing. It's a persevering dependence on Christ. It's, it's, it's even through the hard moments, even through the doubts, it's believing that God still is there and God still listens and God has a plan for you. There, there are moments in my life, and, and I've shared them before and at different places and different moments. There, there, there are moments in my life where I completely was ready to, to just throw in the towel and just be like, God, I don't think you're real anymore. I, I, I don't think you, you know what's best for me. I think I know what's best for me. And, and, and there are moments where I completely rejected God and walked away from him. And I walked out from underneath that umbrella of blessing. I walked out from, from being a part of that tree of blessing, the, the, the tree of life. And I immediately could tell the difference. And I learned that, yes, there are going to be moments in my life where it feels like God's far away and it's not fair and it's not fun. There's gonna be desert moments. There's gonna be valley moments. But the cool thing about a valley is if there's a valley, that means there, 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 there has to be two mountains. You can't have a mountain and a valley because then it's not a valley. It's just a mountain and a road. You know, if you have a valley, there's gonna be two mountains. So maybe you were on the mountaintop with God and you were like, this is the greatest thing ever. And then you're in a valley. But just because you're in a valley doesn't mean that there's not another mountain coming and that God has something in store for you. That yes, right now in this moment, life is hard. It's the worst. You can't go on. But faith is ongoing. Faith is persevering and depending on God even when you can't depend on yourself. Because the moment that we try to do it ourselves is the moment we fail. And that was the whole idea of God grafting us into the tree of life because we could have stayed a part of this dead tree and we would have had to taken care of the roots ourselves. We would have had to find the nutrients we needed ourselves. We'd have to grow ourselves. We'd have to do this all by ourselves. But God said, look, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're beat. Come and be a part of this tree. You can't do it alone. You can't do it by yourself. Be a part of what I'm doing here. And the moment we get grafted in, we don't have to worry about anything else. Yes, there's gonna be hardships. Yes, there's gonna be moments that, that we're gonna mourn. There's gonna be moments that we're gonna cry. There's gonna be moments where we feel like God's the furthest away from us that he's ever been. But we don't have to worry because we will see a victory. So don't stop believing and don't give up. You know, I know that for many of us in here, you probably have some family members that are coming to your mind that, that are far from God. 
You, 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 you have friends that maybe you did have to leave when you pursued God's call on your life, when you pursued a relationship with him. Maybe there's family members that you, you haven't talked to. You know, I, I, as I said, I've been blessed with a family that we, we're very different. But we, we still love each other and we still talk. But I know that's not the reality for everyone. And the moment you accepted God is the moment someone disowned you. The moment you accepted God is the moment that that, that family member stopped talking to you or friends stopped talking to you. And it can, it can be hard to continue this walk, continue striving after God when, when, when everyone else around you just doesn't feel like they are. But God doesn't want us to give up. Because just like you were shown mercy and grafted into the tree of life, so can they. There's nothing special about me. There's nothing special about you that says, okay, you can be grafted into the tree of life, but Bob can't. You know, there's, 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 there's nothing special about us that says that, that we get to have a relationship with Christ, but our, our sisters and our brothers and our friends can't. We are given this opportunity for mercy. We are given this gift of mercy and they can have the same thing. But we have to make sure that we're not giving up on them. You know, just like at the, at the, the beginning of the scripture where, where Paul talks about how I want the Jews to be jealous of what you have. I want them to be jealous of the mercy of God in your life. Our friends and our family should be jealous of the relationship of God that we have. They should be jealous of the mercy that's in our lives. There's going to be moments and it's going to be hard and it's not gonna be easy. But our friends and our family are looking at us to see how we react, to see how, 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 how we treat the the, the person at the restaurant that we go to after church or, or how we treat the, the, the person that's bagging our groceries. Our friends and our family are looking at us to, to, to see our actions. And yeah, that, that can be a lot of pressure. But we have to understand that our life, our actions, our reactions, they speak multitudes of God's mercy to those that sometimes will never hear it. So last week you heard Pastor Jeremy say, who, who will... Who will go? Who, how will they hear if no one tells them? And who will tell them if no one's sent? God has sent us. The moment you accepted God's mercy, the moment you accepted his salvation, God sent us. He sent you, he sent me, and we do it by living our life according to the will of God, according to what God has set for us. And we speak multitudes of the gospel of Christ. Your friends and your families, they can be saved. They're not too far gone. The mercy that you've received is still there for them this morning. Maybe you're in here and you are separated from God or you, you're, you're sitting here and you feel like you just 
are the, the lowest of the lows of people. And there's no way that there's a God who cares for you and that loves you and that has mercy for you that, of the mercy that I'm talking about. But I'm here to tell you this morning that there is. Because the same God that calls Paul, who once killed Christians, who once was a Jew himself, killing Christians for, for what he thought was the sake of the glory of God, the same God that can call him from that lifestyle into this life of preaching God's mercy that you've learned about for the past three weeks or maybe just this morning is the same God that can have an impact in your life. There is no person alive that is too far gone from God's love and from God's mercy. And so this morning as we close, I wanna pray for each and every one of you. But I, I wanna pray specific prayers. And so if, if you're in this room and you have a friend or you have a family member or you have a coworker or you have someone in your life that you don't wanna give up on, that, that, that you want to share this mercy that God's given you, I just ask that you stand. If, if there's anyone in your life that, that and, and keep them in your mind as, as we pray. And if you're in here and you just want this mercy for yourself because you've never experienced God's mercy like, like we're talking about, I ask that you stand as well. Don't want to embarrass anyone. Don't want to point anyone out. But the same mercy that we're talking about for your friends and families is available for you as well. God, I thank you this morning. Lord, I thank you for the mercy that you've shown me and you've shown my wife and you've shown our family. God, I thank you for the mercy that you've shown each and every one of us. God, and I just pray right now for each and every person that's standing. Maybe they're standing in, in, in the place of someone they love. Maybe they're standing in the place of, of, of a loved one, of a friend, of a coworker, whoever. Lord, I, I, I pray for that person right now, wherever they are. God, let them know that you care for them, that you cherish them, that you love them, that they're not too far gone. God, I pray right now, Lord, that, that, that they feel your mercy shower upon them. Lord, and, and I, I pray for those that are standing, God, that are, are, are standing in place of their loved ones, Lord. Give them the strength to live a life of mercy. Give them the strength to be the example that their friends and their coworkers and their families so desperately need in this world. God, may you work through them. Give them the strength to, to, to be a vessel for you. And may you work through them, Lord, to accomplish your great will. And lastly, Lord, I pray for anyone that's standing up for the first time saying, God, I need this mercy. God, I can't do this without you. Lord, I, I, I pray for them and I pray, Lord, that you meet them where they're at. That they don't have to change to accept this mercy. But once the mercy is accepted, Lord, that you work through the Holy Spirit to change their lives. And can we, can we all pray this prayer together? God, we need you. We can't do it alone. We realize that where we are 
is not where we want to be. And so God, thank you for your mercy. And we accept you as savior of our lives. And may you be with us as we leave this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I thank you. God has plans for each and every one of you. And so I just pray that you don't skip the hard parts. You don't stop believing and you don't give up. God bless.